What's up, podcast? Sorry for the podcast is now live with your host, Brandon Shivers. I'm by myself today. I have to get Michael and Ethan on for the next episode because I really wanted to, you know, try to get us all together again for this episode. But, you know, scheduling is the thing and life gets in the way. And, you know, Ethan actually moved away, so he's not in the city anymore. So it's a little bit more difficult. We might have to do some remote recording or something like that. And, you know, then all the holidays hit and, you know, got to thinking like, man, like from October to December, well, even into January, right at the beginning, it's like all these holidays are just back to back to back to back. So, you know, people got to do things, spend time with family, you know, whatnot. So, you know, I'll just, you know, I just figured I'd just do one by myself because I just I really wanted to, to make another episode and do something. So, but anyways, I'm just going to jump right into it. It's got a few things I want to talk about. I guess first I'll start off with, because I wanted to talk about this at the end of the year and I didn't really get to, but um, let me pull some of this up real quick on the internet. One of the things I wanted to get to was... Uh, books I read at the end of the year because I read three books over the course of last year which was a huge milestone for me because um, I, I don't even remember the last time before that like maybe in elementary school was the last time I like really sat down and read a book like like all the way through <laughs> because you know I was a gamer and you know obviously once you get a little bit older sort of dropped books my attention span wasn't really there for them so I just sort of dropped it I think the last book I read like fully all the way through which is was like Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets so which yes I'll also admit I haven't read all the Harry Potter books uh I haven't seen all the movies so yes you know as a cinephile I can um admit that I haven't seen all those but I've been thinking about it a lot lately but anyways I sort of made it a point I wanted to you know the place I was in the past couple years I just needed to to get sort of back on track and uh, when I was meeting up with Ethan and Michael I know Ethan suggested I think he's the one that suggested Mastery to me by Robert Greene and and actually the war of art yeah both two of the books were his suggestions and he let me borrow them it was mastery by robert green and the war of art by stephen pressfield and i'll I'll admit uh both of these books like completely changed my life like i'll never i'll never think about life or or pursuing you know things that i want to do or how i want my life to be i'll never think about that the same way ever again and uh, they, the mastery especially, um, well, really both of them, because with the War of Art, that really helped me more with um, pushing through any type of, which in the book they call it resistance, but basically that, you know, writer's block, or if I didn't feel like doing something, if I needed to, to work on something, and I was just like, nah, you know, I'll play a video game, or I'll do this, or do that, you know, whatever. That really... You know, I mean, that's kind of the point. I mean, even looking at it on here on the on Google, it says the War of Art breakthrough blocks and win inner battles. And um, it, it, I highly recommend Mastery and the War of Art for both of those because Mastery was uh, uh, Robert Greene has become one of my favorite authors since reading that book. Actually, um, Mastery was 
was like a godsend like that that really just I don't know it just something in my brain just turned and I was just like whoa like I just get it now like you know and it, it really helped because I was already on this journey of sort of trying to change my life and get things back on track because I you know made all these mistakes and done all these things and sort of got way off course and just trying to you know course correct and get back and pursue my dreams and different things like that and self-mastery is something that now I'm, I'm like completely committed to and you know these books are uh, I mean it, it, I don't really know like if I can really say much other than like reading them will be the only thing that does it justice and, and I mean I'm sure there's plenty of YouTube videos and different things like that that will explain these books better than I'm going to because obviously I'm just going to keep saying they're they're good and they help with this or that but I mean it really did like it's not I mean it, it's insane the way I think about things now I've actually been able to get so much more done I mean even like this right now like doing this like I'm filming it and recording it you know years ago it, it would have been such a struggle for me to even want to do this because I mean right now it's almost like midnight I just got to work out in like the old Brandon one probably wouldn't have even shown up to the gym at night and it's January it's cold as shit like freezing cold outside and even in the gym to some extent how many people really want to get out in the cold to go to the gym like the old the you know years ago I definitely wouldn't have wanted to I would have said ah, I'll go later but then also too you know then I'm right after my workout instead of going straight home I'm recording a podcast episode and some of you might you know some people might think that's really nothing but I mean for any creative or anybody who wants to do things like this it's not easy you know it's not just as simple as you know I mean, I guess in some ways it's as simple as sitting down and doing it. But, it, you know, when you you grow up with all these pressures of society and all these different things, your mind is in a different place. And then sort of like Robert Greene speaks about, you don't really, growing up, you don't really know who you are. You know, people tell you all these different things. You grow up with all these different ideologies and, 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 and patterns and thoughts. And so it's, these things control you. And so Mastery in the War of Art really helped me sort of break through those things and sort of see like, oh, okay, it's, it's, it's sort of programming. I mean, think of it sort of like a computer. It's, or, I mean, to even some extent, sort of like the Matrix. Like, you know, it, a lot of these things that we all deal with, like people, you know, always want to be, well, how do you find the motivation? How do you, how do you do these things? How do you, why you know all these things and you have to break through all these sort of barriers but a lot of times you don't realize that it's not really other people or, or, or life in a, in a sense it's really just you it's all really just you it's all within you it's you that's creating the barrier it's you that's stopping yourself it's you that's in the way and so you know these books uh, I'll never think about creativity and, and self-mastery the same way again and I'm, I'm really thankful to Ethan for recommending them to me because they were great reads and honestly I really want to buy my own copies because I'd really like to reread them again especially reads reread certain chapters because I mean I just think these are those types of books that you definitely need to revisit you know ever so often just to you know sort of refresh your memory and just maybe even sort of you know because it's always a process anyway not you can read books you can do all these things but, you know, 
we're still human sometimes you, you know you you the negativity tries to creep in different things like that sometimes you might find yourself you know kind of drifting back to some old things and so sometimes it's just good to sort of be like all right i need i need to like you know get back into this you know and so the war of art was a pretty quick read anyway because one it was really good but it's it's not really a long book and the way it's written is it's not you know it's not like a novel it's not like a whole bunch of like text so you know for those who may not want to read a whole lot of text it's you know it's pretty easy now mastery has a lot of words robert green obviously writes like a shit ton so you know for those who might not want to read a lot of words maybe an audiobook or whatever but i still recommend it regardless because honestly it's so good that you're not going to really I mean, it, I thought when I first started reading it that I wasn't sure if I was going to finish it because I was like, man, this is it's a kind of a thick book and it's there's so it's so much like, you know, there. I'm like, it's so good, but I don't know. But the more I just kept pushing myself and pushing myself and see, I read the I kind of did things weird. I started reading Mastery first and then uh, I don't know, it, it did kind of become sort of a chore a little bit. So I sort of switched to the War of Art because I flipped through it and saw that it would be an easier read. And so I actually ended up reading it all the way through first. And then after reading it, it actually enabled me to read through Mastery because the chore of reading through Mastery became, you know, one of those blocks. And after reading the War of Art, I thought about it like, oh, okay, like, you know this is just resistance it's just you know it's it's a battle it's an inner battle like you're always battling with yourself you're either going to let yourself be in the way or you're going to push yourself forward so the third book i read which is really great this is more for filmmakers this is what they don't teach you at film school 161 strategies for making your own film this is by camille landau and tiere white i don't know if i'm saying that first name Right, right or wrong so I apologize if I, I'm saying it wrong but this was also actually a great book it was actually published in yeah August 16th 2000 which makes sense because it was a little dated obviously because it was published in 2000 but it's still it's still really relevant the only reason it's a little dated is because it's basically like pre-social media so I mean you know some of the things they talk about the way they talk about going about certain things is definitely like I mean, you know, it's just pre, you know, the explosion of the internet. I mean, you know, and social media in general and how that's changed the landscape of filmmaking in general. So, but regardless, this book was actually, I actually had this book for a long time. I've had it for years. I don't even remember where I got it. Um, maybe at a bookstore or something. I mean, I've had it so long that I, I don't even remember where I got it, but I loved reading Mastery and the War of Art so much that um, I was, you know, I've, I've just been sort of yearning to read more books now, which is like amazing because I wish I had done this a long time ago because now I just want to read like every book. But it's great for filmmakers, especially because it, it, it ended up working out in a sense because I had read Mastery and the War of Art and a lot of those same principles are in this book. And so that really just kind of it just sort of reiterated it even more but in a through a filmmaking lens and I, I just loved reading it because it was like it made me you know after reading mastery in the war of art i wanted to go out and 
conquer the filmmaking world anyway but then reading this it was like oh wow like they're basically saying the same shit as these other books but just you know through a filmmaking lens and a filmmaking sense you know because i mean at the core of it it's just like you know get out of your own way and just do it you know what i mean so yeah i read <clears throat> read these three books and uh you know i just i wanted to talk about that and recommend them because they were so good and obviously you know i, I think for people like me and who creatives and things like that we all want to on some level help each other out because everybody knows how hard it is to make anything uh nobody knows that more than creative people you know what i mean and and when you're creating art or whatever it is and so if if you're sort of struggling with inner blocks or or even if you're in your process and you you know you're doing pretty well on those inner battles and creative blocks things like that i still i still recommend it because i mean it's always a process anyway even if you're good at staying motivated or or doing you i still think it's good to always just you know have these types of things to look at and read and i think things are all about perspective i think that's the biggest thing that helps anyone do anything is if you have perspective on your life and life in general and perspective on doing versus not doing and who you are and if you're in your own way or not you know so yeah man i mean i i really enjoyed all these books they were amazing um i'll probably reread them again at some point but right now i'm actually currently reading the 48 laws of power which which is by robert green again who wrote mastery and that it's also amazing i highly recommend i think i'm on like law 14 at the moment and uh yeah i mean it's uh, he's he's become one of my favorite authors like uh, i want to read every book he's ever written <laughs> i do plan on after reading the 48 laws of power i want to read he has he just he came out with another book the laws of human nature i think that was like what 2018 i think when did that come out yeah 2018 october 16 20 yeah so it's it's fairly recent so i want to read that next um there was something else i don't know maybe one of gary v's books or something i have a couple of his books uh, um, but yeah, I'm, that's, that's what I'm currently on right now. And so I'm enjoying it. Uh, if, if anyone is still stuck on not reading books or you think they're like, you know, you don't have the attention span or they're a waste of time, like you can change that. Trust me. Like, I, I really think there's just so much knowledge just sitting like in books that people just aren't, they're just letting it sit there. And I mean, yeah, you have YouTube there's a lot of there's a lot of this stuff that's online and people are putting out for free sure but i still think you know books are very valuable and i mean you know you don't even have to to read the physical one we have audiobooks you know uh you have the the kindles and things like that where you can just read the ebook you know all kinds of stuff you can read it on your phone or your tablet whatever so yeah i just i recommend those just you know i just want to put that out there because they, they like literally changed my life. Like I'll never think about life and, and creativity and just going after things and, you know, finding out who I actually am and just going after self mastery the same way. Like things are just, 
in, in a weird way, I got such a strange clarity about myself and life after reading, especially after reading Mastery in particular, like in particular, sorry, Mastery was just such an eye opener. It was insane. Uh, I, I really want to read that again, actually, <laughs> the more I'm talking about it. Okay, one thing I want to get into real quick before I move on into something else that happened uh, going on a couple of days ago now was Ricky Gervais's Golden Globes monologue. Uh, I just want to say that was amazing. I wish he would host every any movie or TV award show, or maybe any award show for that matter. I think award shows need it anyway, whether... I agree with everything he says or not, because obviously there's some generalization there. I don't think every celebrity, uh, you know, doesn't understand the real world. A lot of them came from the real world and became celebrities, but I love his his style of humor, and I, I, I don't think a lot of people get it. I don't think it's as... I do think a lot of it is genuine. I think a lot of it is also just straight-up humor, but I think the fact that he blends them and intertwines them so well i think everyone just takes all all of it is like straight genuine like douchery and so it it works perfectly but i just want to say i thought that monologue was amazing actually anytime he's hosted the golden globes it's pretty much been amazing like i said they should get him those the oscars that would be more people would probably watch it and also, too, I did think it was funny that he told them not to use it as a platform to get political, and a lot of the celebrities still just ignored that advice and did it anyway, which just made his monologue even funnier. But anyway, moving on. I saw something interesting on Twitter from Freddie Wong, which, if if you don't know, uh, he's a YouTuber uh, slash filmmaker. He's pretty popular I don't even remember the years he was like really, really popular, but I I used to watch him a lot. He used to sort of make a lot of like video game and real life type videos and different things like that. But anyway, he, James Cameron released uh, concept art for Avatar 2 and I saw he, he sort of shared the tweet and he said, the number of idiots scoring easy feel-good internet points dunking on Cameron is astounding. This dude no-scoped the highest-grossing movie of all time. It took Marvel 20 movies worth of foreplay. <laughs> foreplay, that's actually hilarious. To even approach that monumental accomplishment. And, of course, this caused a big stir because, I mean, anytime, it seems like anytime anyone mentions Avatar, it's like everyone just basically shits on it and I just I, I never understood that like uh, I was so glad that Freddie did this because I feel like he's like the hero that we needed for this movie <laughs> because I've never quite understood the hate like I mean look I'll get it it's not you know a masterpiece the, the storyline is very basic it's very simple but like like all your favorite franchises have used the same technique like if we went through you know all these franchises star wars the matrix harry potter lord of the rings you know whatever marvel movies like they all use basic simple story techniques i mean sure yeah the argument is avatar is just dances with wolves in space or the last samurai in space that you know it's a 
typical guy who or guy or girl whatever who's on the bad guy's side at first and then poses as a good guy but then through that process changes and then joins the good guy team yeah sure it's very basic simple whatever but like i mean when you're starting a franchise like you have to sort of do things like that in a sense i mean it's got to be an introduction we've never seen pandora we've never seen these people we've never met these characters before sure it's not the greatest movie in the world cameron's dialogue definitely isn't the greatest i think that's one of my biggest flaws with it i mean there's like a, a scene where jake is jake sully the main character is like he's he's in his avatar he's on the planet and he scares away some animal which now that i'm thinking about it i don't know if it's really him that scares it away but anyway a bigger one shows up or no 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 it's the first one it's the first animal that gets scared away and he's like yeah you run to your friends or go get your friends or whatever or something and he's like yeah that's what i'm talking about bitch or whatever and that just felt really like out of place you know but but that's kind of james cameron for you like it, you know dialogue isn't really i feel like that works in like aliens or terminator a little bit more but in avatar i feel like you should have dialed that back a little bit you know you know but that's just me per- personally stuff like that i was just kind of like Eh, but as far as the story, I mean, it was fine. I mean, it was a great cinematic experience. Yes, a lot of people think or say 3D was the only reason it made a lot of money or whatever. But I, I you know, I don't know. I saw it multiple times in theaters, and people say it has no cultural impact. But I mean, there were people who saw it multiple times in theaters. There's a whole like bunch of people who started studying the Navi language and the culture. I mean, there were people, like, literally turning themselves into blue people. Like, I mean, this movie had... It was a phenomenon for a while. But, I mean, you got to realize, like, this was 2009. He didn't really immediately rush out to make a sequel like most studios and most people would do. They would have a sequel out the next year or the next couple of years, whatever. But... James Cameron decides to take his time with it and he's very tech centric anyway and so maybe he felt like he needed even though they created technology and pushed some boundaries and and did some new things with the first one maybe he just felt like they still needed a little some more for the, the two and three and I don't really see what's wrong with that I mean of course if 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 this this movie and this universe becomes a little stagnant I mean what's the fan base supposed to do like I mean, I'm just saying, like, people act like it's just supposed to still... I mean, before before Disney bought Star Wars, like, Star Wars, I mean, was... And before the prequels, Star Wars was stagnant. Yeah, sure, it had the expanded universe, and it had video games, like, things like that. But not everybody's into video games or books. Like, what if you weren't into either one of those, or even comic books? Then all you would have had was the original trilogy until the prequel trilogy. So, like, what are you supposed to do? Like... I mean, I'm just saying, like, I don't, I don't know. I I just don't, I don't understand the hate. It's weird. It's like people hate, you know, rushed movies and all these sequels and reboots and all these things. But we've seen what Disney did with the new Star Wars trilogy. And that's exactly why we got what we got with that. They rushed it out because they just wanted to capitalize and make money. 
but we see now now that we've gotten the trilogy that that was a bad idea because they didn't even they tossed out lucas's stuff opted to go their own way but then they didn't even fully plan that out so like now we got what we got and people are like eh <laughs> like I haven't even seen The Rise of Skywalker yet and I, I know that it's still it it's not that movie wasn't like some sort of redemption because like it just wasn't I can tell by the reception what the things I've seen and read like even people who liked it I feel like are like eh like <laughs> so you know, I, I just don't understand. Here's a guy who is like, you know what? I made, I'm creating something new, you know, a new universe, new thing, new story, whatever. You know, this isn't something previous. This isn't from a book or a comic book or a video game, whatever. Like, this is my own thing. And I'm going to take my time with it and actually try to give you guys the best versions of these. And people shit on it. But like, but we've seen, like, look at the Star Wars trilogy. Like, honestly, for me personally, as a diehard Star Wars fan, I would have preferred they would have taken their time with it. I don't like, because I was listening, I listened to, uh, what is it? Is it behind the screenplay or beyond the screenplay by the uh, lessons from the screenplay team? Um, they have a podcast. Let's see, BTS. Yeah, it's Beyond the Screenplay, sorry. Yeah, Beyond the Screenplay, and uh, I believe Michael Tucker, he talked about um, how, I don't know if it was on Force Awakens, I think, I believe it was that one, how one of the writers asked for more time, and Disney was like, no, basically, because they were trying to, you know, go ahead, get these movies out, so they could get them out there, make money, blah, blah, blah. But now, looking back, we have three movies, and they I mean I think everyone would agree they should have probably taken their time like I, I I personally like I mean The Force Awakens was was fine but I think since The Last Jedi I think everyone's like okay like you know they they probably should have gotten together sat down if you weren't going to do George Lucas's stuff that's fine cool I mean honestly looking back now I kind of wish they had but fine you toss that out but at least come up with something something cohesive whatever but you know james cameron is here taking his time you know he's not gonna rush it he's not you know and i mean for christ's sakes like this guy's made two of the greatest sequels ever made do you know first of all how hard it is to even make a, a sequel that is as good or better than the first this guy's done it twice aliens and terminator 2 like do people like people really believe Avatar Two is going to be bad or worse than the first one? If anything, it's probably going to take more risk or be more what people want because the first one was sort of the generic introduction. Like, here's our hero. He's got to do this, but he's you know he's going to join the Guga team. Blah blah blah. All this stuff, like all the generic typical movie tropes we all know. The hero's journey. All these different things. Because I, I get that. I get the, the basic, simple plot line. But you've watched it so many other times and you didn't complain. So I don't understand why you're complaining with Avatar. I don't, I don't get that. But, I mean, this guy creates two of the, the greatest sequels ever made. And people think, like, I, I mean, I, I, I personally don't see Avatar 2 being trash. I don't see it 
I liked Avatar. Like, I don't. I didn't even think it was a bad movie. But even if you think it's bad, I don't see how you could possibly think Avatar two and three could be worse or trash. Like, or how you could not even want to see it. Because to me, it would be even more of what you want. Because you know he's gonna like. I mean, this guy's obviously good at sequels. I mean, I mean, although I prefer Alien to Aliens. I know I'm in the minority for that. That's that's just because I prefer Alien to be horror, sci-fi horror more than sci-fi action with horror elements. But I still enjoy Aliens. I still think it's a great fucking time. I still think it's a great movie. It's it's a great sequel. Don't get me wrong. That that's just my personal preference. I prefer Alien, like Alien and Alien Isolation. I prefer Alien to be like that. That's just me. But Aliens is still great as it is. I mean, it's Cameron at his, you know, it's some of his best, like, that's some of his best work right there is Aliens. So, but I mean, this guy has created two of the best sequels. I don't see why people wouldn't be more excited because you're like, okay, well, we've gotten all the generic shit out of the way. Now, I mean, we're going to be exploring more of the planet. We're probably going to be getting into more, like, depth. There's probably going to be more depth, or at least that's what I expect. I mean, I could be wrong. The movie could be bad, obviously. I don't know yet. We're not going to know anything until the trailer drops and the movie comes out. But, I mean, this guy also did two, made two of the highest grossing movies of all time. Like, <laughs> I mean, Titanic and then Avatar. I mean, how do you do that twice? A lot of directors have done that once. But, I mean, James Cameron's done that twice. So, like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I just... I just have never understood the hate because it's just, it's like, like, is it just like groupthink or like, do, I mean, because you, you pay to go see Marvel movies and they do the same thing and on all these friends, these beloved franchises do the same thing, but like Avatar, <laughs> Avatar is something new. I mean, people complain about all the, the reboots, sequels, adaptate, like all these things and here's a guy who's like, I'm giving you, like, something new. Like, sure, yes, story's kind of basic and generic, but I just, I just don't understand it. And, I mean, if you want to talk about originality, all these things, like, I, I really think people should, like, take classes or learn storytelling techniques because I think then they'll realize that all their favorite things aren't as original as they think they are. You know, everybody thinks all these other movies and all these other franchises, but, I mean, if we sat down... And looked at all the influences on Star Wars, The Matrix, like Harry Potter, like all these stories, you would realize like how much they've actually borrowed or stole from other things. I mean, Quentin Tarantino is famously known for saying like, I steal from every movie ever made. Like, that's art. <laughs> like, everybody does that. Like, that's a thing. So I, I just, and of course people are entitled to their own opinions. You may have watched Avatar and just genuinely didn't like it. I get that. I'm not trying to say you're not allowed to, to dislike it. It's just, to me, it seems like people, it's more like groupthink. It's just more like, oh, everybody else hates it and it's cool to shit on it. And it's been so long. Like, who really wants to see this? But you're just like, but what do you mean who wants to see this? They made a, they made a fucking Blade Runner sequel and people went to see that. How many people really wanted, like, how many people were really like, begging for a Blade Runner sequel like that's gotta be like whoever pitched that movie like that had to be one of the worst ideas ever at the time like 
like really you want to make a sequel to this movie like how old is it and it didn't even really like do that well initially like the first one didn't even I mean I'm just saying like I feel like people have given passes to so many other things and other movies or other franchises but for some reason it's like Avatar people are like and eh, like I want to hate on it and you're like I, I don't get it it's just a fun like it's still fun I don't need 3D. Like it's still it's still a fun movie because it it keeps in line with that basic story of just someone going through a journey and changing and then doing what's right and going against evil, good versus evil. I mean, this is a new hope. This is the first matrix. Like these are all the same things just told through a different lens. Why is Avatar any different? <laughs> like I I don't get it. Why is it I, I just I don't know it's just it's just weird to me like I don't I don't really understand why it's cool or where why this started in the first place like it's just so weird I feel like all the arguments are just like there's no weight to them I mean if you you want to talk about the movie itself that's fine but it just seems like everyone talks about everything other than that the money doesn't matter the 3d doesn't ultimately matter like I, I <laughs> I mean, I don't, I mean, if you want to talk about that, like, didn't Avengers Endgame have to, like, release multiple times after it got out of theaters the first time just to beat Avatar? Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, you want to talk about gimmicks, like, I, you know, and I don't think the 3D was even a gimmick. Like, that was in there from the start. Like, James Cameron, the whole, like, it was a technological achievement. He wanted to push the boundaries of 3D and what you could do with it, so... I don't know. It's just, it's just odd. Like I just, but I, I, I honestly believe once, I think it's just all talk anyway. I believe once Avatar 2 actually drops, especially that first trailer, I think once a, or, or a teaser, whatever they, however they decide to go about it. I believe once that, you know, once something tangible comes out, I mean, the concept art look does look, it looks interesting you know some of the jokes are kind of funny it does kind of look like you know some of it kind of is reminiscent of like ps2 era stuff like <laughs> it does kind of look like if, if avatar had a ps2 game like this would be like on the back of it so i mean some of the jokes are kind of funny but i believe once there's something more tangible like footage or a teaser or an actual trailer i, I believe things will be a lot different i think everyone is you know, saying all these things, but I think come showtime, I think everyone will, you know, show up and, uh, I, I think it'll be fun. And I think because it's extending the universe and expanding on the story and depending on what the story is going to be, we don't even know what the story is. That's another thing. <laughs> like no one even knows what's, what it's even going to be about necessarily other than I think the most we know is it's just going to kind of expand. So, once we get some sense of like what's even gonna happen or what's what's it gonna be about that could completely change the landscape because what if it's something that's really interesting you know i you know i don't know so i mean personally i'm excited i liked avatar i i really got into it i even remember buying like the the, the blu-ray set that had all the special features on it like i watched the shit out of that i love the behind the scenes i i mean i just i liked it i i don't I never saw like what was so wrong with it. I knew even back then that it was like a pretty basic story. So I don't, I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. I mean, of course, opinions are opinions, but I, I do firmly believe that a lot of the opinions are just because of other people's opinions. 
that's just me personally. I believe a lot of people are just kind of joining in the group think and they're just like, ah, oh, this is just a terrible movie because blah, blah, blah. Like, it's like, okay, but what about your actual opinion though? Like, will you, you sit down and watch the movie and tell me what you think. Don't regurgitate what you've seen on Twitter or Reddit or YouTube. Like, tell me what you actually think. Like, actually critique the movie, not the 3D, not the money, not James Cameron. Like, what do you think about the actual movie? Okay, uh, I want to uh, do a couple things before I wrap this up. I want to do a review and a couple shout outs. Uh, I want to shout out uh, CNT Films on Instagram who goes by plumpster1122 on youtube um, but ultimately uh, it's dakota miller uh, shout out to him for well really not making just one halloween fan film making his own trilogy which i think is badass um i've always sort of wanted to make my own halloween film in general but making a trilogy would have been amazing it's something i sort of wanted to do when i was in high school but you know none of my friends actually gave a shit so <laughs> I never got the opportunity because anytime I wanted to film anything with them, it was kind of like, oh, we'd rather go do something else instead of hang out with you. So, yeah, depressing story. But anyway, um, uh, shout out to him, man. Halloween 3 was his latest one, and it came out, let's see, came out, came out three months ago now, has 400 40k views uh, it's an hour and 20 minutes long which is even more badass but um it, it it's it's one of the few fan films that's you know actually worth the time <laughs> because i mean a lot of people that make these fan films in general this is usually true for most fan films but especially halloween fan films i think they try a little bit too hard to be 1978 halloween and it, a lot of times they're also just all action, really no story. It's just somebody sitting there or walking down the street and bam, Michael's just like, oh, I'm going to kill you. Like, and then they play the classic music and stuff like that. And it's just kind of cheesy and corny. And I mean, I get it. I get it. Like, it's not, it's not like they have a professional budget or training or anything like that. A lot of times they're just doing it for fun or whatever. So I get it. But, you know this guy actually made like a trilogy and told like a cohesive story things like that and so um it, it was really good i give it a four out of five like it's a solid four out of five because for a fan film i mean obviously no film is perfect and fan films are definitely not going to be perfect because i mean really in a sense they can never be the source material so you know but um I really loved a lot of the shots. I loved the color. A lot of it did feel reminiscent of, you know, classic Halloween. And uh, one of my favorite shots is actually in the opening where it's, I don't really know how he did it. I don't know if it was, you know, drone shot or what, but Michael's like, it's at nighttime and Michael's walking and uh, the, the way the camera pans, it's very, you know, it's very actually cinematic, pretty professional. So, um, yeah, I just want to shout him out. Uh, you know, go check it out on YouTube. Um, it's CNT Films, Halloween 3. Um, I watched the first two as well because, I mean, it does, you know, follow a, a storyline. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty dope. I just wanted to do that. I, I kind of want to 
do more reviews in general and especially the fan films because the fan film community i feel like is growing and a lot of fan films are starting to get better so um yeah go check him out he he does do some original stuff too i notice on his channel so it's not just you know like fan films and stuff just you know just go check him out man filmmakers we need all the uh <laughs> exposure we can get so uh shout out to dakota miller man it's badass and uh you know I, th I think he might be even possibly have some more Halloween in the works. I don't know. Maybe it won't just be a trilogy. You know, I don't know. So there might even be more. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, man, go go check it out. It's it's worth your time. It's not you know, it's not like most fan films that are just you know, it's just like eh, they were close. But you know, um, it's pretty dope though. And uh, it's pretty badass. Like, uh, you know, I wish I could have, you know, done something like that. You know, and I guess I still could. But anyway, um, yeah, go check it out, man. Uh, it's a good fan film. Um, solid action. Pretty good action. And he uses, at least in the new one, he uses uh, the Halloween 2018 Michael costume, which um, I love that one. I, I I might love it more than the original, which some might that might be arguable, but I don't know. Something about it, it looks so much more menacing. I feel so. Uh, yeah. Anyways, go check that out on YouTube, Plumpster Eleven Twenty Two, or CNT Films. Uh, go follow them on Instagram at CNT Films. Uh, and uh, yeah, man, go check it out. And uh, another one last shout out I want to do, uh, Patrick Ladonis. <laughs> Go check out Scales, um, the web series. It's getting even bigger. I've talked about this before on my channel. Some of my other content, I've talked about it. And I was actually at the premiere for season two, and that was, that was really dope. That was a really cool experience. And right now, he's in the middle of working on season three well and a little bit of four and season four is going to be the last uh season so uh it's a web series about a guy named Remy Howard who you know he's in Atlanta he's you know got a little bit of a past you know but he's awkward and I mean it, it's very relatable it, you know he's looking for love you know all these different things that you know a lot of people go through and are looking for and so, but I like that it's, you know, diverse, unique, it's, you know, progressive. No, I know that is a very, uh, weighty thing in our, uh, society right now, but, you know, things are changing and it's, it's needed. So yeah, go check it out. Skills web series season two is still fairly recent. I'm seeing here on YouTube, the episodes came out five months ago, so it's still fairly recent. It's 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 blowing up. It's getting bigger and bigger. I mean, Pat, Patrick's he's a he's a hustler, man. He he promotes the shit out of this show. <laughs> so and I mean I don't I don't blame him. It's good. It's shot well, edited well, it's acted well. You know, being at the premiere with everybody, everybody's really cool. Cast and crew is awesome to meet everybody. Met some really cool people. So yep. season three will be coming out soon. He'll be working and gearing up to work on that soon. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to him. When I was at the premiere, that that really inspired me to work harder and sort of work on more content and get to that sort of level. Because I'm trying to do, we're really trying to do similar things as him. And so, 
you know, hopefully we can even collaborate on something in the, you know, in the near future. Anyways, yeah, man, go check out Scales. And also, too, just just to close this off, go check out Ethan Hatchet and Michael Miller. Those are my boys that I make a lot of content with. Hopefully we can start making some more content together soon. Shit, man, like, got so many ideas. I know Ethan's all up in Marietta now, but we, we got to get together and and kill this thing this year, man. It's 2020, so yeah, go check these people out, man. Patrick Ladonis, actually, he's on Instagram. It's his uh, username is actually I am Patrick Ladonis. Go check him out. Awesome dude, real down to earth. Ethan, Ethan is I don't know if it's I think it's Ethan J Hatchet. I don't think it's just Ethan Hatchet. <laughs> but let me see. Let me just check real quick. Yeah, it's Ethan J. Hatchet. Okay, so yeah, Ethan, go check him out at Ethan J. Hatchet. It's all together. Michael's is, I believe, still. No, 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 no. It's. Yeah, his is official underscore YBM. Um, go check him out. He does a lot of comedy oriented stuff. Ethan does a lot of. He's sort of like me in a sense. We do like sort of filmmaking and shorts and he does a lot of obscure stuff so if you're into weird or obscure things uh go check him out and uh yeah it's been fun and uh subscribe to the podcast if you haven't that would mean a lot um i really enjoy doing this and want to do it more frequently and yeah more content coming soon more things on the way more ideas more stories more everything so Yeah, I mean, I I plan on trying to do more and crushing it this year. So I guess I'll, uh, that about wraps it up. So I will see you guys in the next episode.